Welcome back to another episode of the Jacob Johnston Show. You know, I had a different intro planned for this episode. But at the last moment, as I was thinking about what th- was going on with Joe Biden in the White House, his primetime speech that he gave last week, and all of the talk still about the coronavirus. And it got me thinking back to the election, to which we still have a lot of questions to. Right? There were a lot of irregularities that we never got the answers for. Why there were so many people that were on the voter rolls with addresses that didn't actually exist. All the number of people who voted who have death certificates. 120% of the population having voted. These were real questions. And we were specifically denied any resolution to our questions about the integrity of the election, the legitimacy of its outcome. And by now, we're never going to get to the bottom of it. Too much evidence has been destroyed. As evidence had been presented, it was caught being altered, at least the digital records, and no one's going to be held accountable. There is no way to go back now and determine what the true result of the election is. So now we're stuck with the fraud in the White House. But one question that I have that I think everybody here deserves an answer to is how many people died in order to get Joe Biden into the White House? Now, some of you may be confused by this. What do you mean how many people had to die in order to get Joe Biden into the White House? Well, let's think about this. If you remember going all the way back to just before the election, during the presidential debates, where Trump was out there talking about how a vaccine was on the verge of being released, how it would be within just a couple of weeks, and we would have the vaccine. You remember that in the presidential debate. You know, the vaccine that Joe Biden is now trying to find a way to steal credit for. You know, trying to find a way to steal credit for Trump having solved the coronavirus problem. And now it's just a matter of Joe Biden just not screwing up the distribution. The distribution plan that was put in place by Trump, by the way. All Biden has to do is sit back and not interfere, and yet he's trying to take credit for it. But then Election Day came and went. And we had a lot of fiasco uh, that went on there. But then after it was determined that Joe Biden had won, after everyone felt safe that they were going to be able to put Joe Biden into the White House, all of a sudden, the pharmaceutical companies finally announced the vaccine to the coronavirus. And it makes you wonder, was that vaccine available sooner? I think we deserve an answer to that. Did they delay the announcement of the vaccine and therefore delayed the distribution of the vaccine resulting in who knows how many people dying in order to help Joe Biden in the election. Did they purposely withhold the vaccine to the coronavirus so that they could get Joe Biden into the White House because releasing the vaccine sooner would help Trump? These are answers that we need, and I think we deserve those answers, and I think we need a full federal investigation. Did they delay the vaccine? and the distribution of the vaccine, resulting in needless deaths just to help Joe Biden get into the White House. We deserve an answer to that. 
And I think every last one of us should be contacting our representatives and our senators. And heck, don't even just wait for the federal level. Contact your state representatives, your state senators, your governors, and ask them this question. And ask them for an investigation into this. How many citizens of your state had to die by them withholding the vaccine so that Joe Biden could get into the White House? Interesting. Okay, so moving along here. You know, I was watching ABC because, you know, I have to torture myself watching all these lunatic left-wing outlets so that I can see what they're saying, what's going on. And, of course, I pull some clips from what they are saying and doing in order to show you just how insane and stupid they are. But it was interesting as I was watching ABC. And they were running this, I don't know, special or just a segment about how Putin manages to stay in office. And as they were going through listing out how Putin manages to maintain its stranglehold over Russia, it seemed lost on them that, you know, a certain side of the political aisle tends to engage in a lot of the same tactics. You know what I mean. So anyways, I'm talking about the Democrats. So You know, the Democrats, they have a complete lack of self-awareness about who and what they are. And so when they go off and they expose things like Putin and how he maintains power in Russia, they maintain complete lack of self-awareness and somehow remain completely oblivious to the fact that they're basically describing themselves as well. For two decades, Vladimir Putin has built a system of control, shrinking the space for opposition. Part of the system is simply repression. Opponents are often harassed. Some end up behind bars, and sometimes even murdered. Recently, though, the Kremlin is relying more and more on repression. Draconian new laws potentially criminalize criticism. Anyone protesting is likely to face arrests, fines, a month in jail. These tools have been applied like never before to smother the protests that followed Navalny's detention. Now, I have no doubt as to the accuracy of that report about how Putin is remaining in power. But, Democrats, take a look at yourself. Take a look in the mirror. Putin is staring right back at you. I mean, let's actually go through and take a look at at the Democrats in America. Okay, so the Democrats will use every government agency from the IRS to the FBI in order to target their political opponents, trying to criminalize dissent from the Democrat Party, trying to go through and investigate, trying to uncover anything about their political opponents that they can then use to go off and try and arrest anybody who is challenging them in the election. We even saw it go all the way to a special counsel probe, a bogus probe based off of nothing. And you notice how the Democrats are never facing any consequences for their actions. And even though Trump tried 
to get them to face the consequences of their action. The swamp just delayed, 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 delayed. And now with Biden in the White House, we know that no one will ever be held accountable for any of the criminal actions and behaviors that they engaged in during the Obama administration. Amazing. But then we go off and we take a look at digital censorship. Once again, trying to silence anybody who disagrees with the Democrats or voices disagreement with their policies. Their policies, by the way, which the Democrats can't defend, which is why they have to engage in censorship, trying to criminalize opposition. And also trying to go off and try to avoid debate by just calling everybody who disagrees with them racist, sexist, homophobe, theistophobes. Right? They, they can't defend their position, so they got to avoid debate, which we got censorship. Then we go all the way down to the Democrats' use of terrorist groups, such as Antifa and Black Lives Matter, in order to engage in violence and terrorize communities, just in case those communities would dare rise up in opposition and speak out against the Democrats. Take a look at what they had run as how Putin stays in power, and then examine the behaviors of the Democrats. Very little difference. Very little difference. And yet, they are completely oblivious to how they are Putin. Now look, we go through and we try to figure out why the Democrats act the way they do. Why they are hateful and violent. And we all know that the Democrats try to accuse the Republicans of the sins committed by the Democrats, and then try to take credit for the accomplishments of the Republican Party. You know, but why is it they're so violent? Why is it that they feel like the only way for them to get ahead is to tear everybody else down? Why is it that they have to engage in uh, cancel culture? Wow, why did I have a hard time saying that? Why is it that they have to engage in cancel culture? Well, they're mostly losers in their parents' basement who think that the best way to get their 15 minutes of fame and the best way for them to feel good about themselves is to try and get rewarded for being whiny little... I wish I could say that, but I'm going to try and keep this family friendly. I mean, these are a bunch of wine tits who would never have survived if they were living back in the 90s. You know, it seemed like the 90s was a harder time than today. And so these kids, they think they are owed something for existing and that everybody else only exists to make their lives comfortable. And the fact that we're not doing that, they're there on their keyboard whining, whining, whining. And if they get somebody canceled, try and destroy someone else's career, then they feel good about themselves. And it's probably because they don't like what they see when they look in the mirror. And what they see in the mirror, they got to project onto everybody else in order to justify their actions that further make them disgusted by what they see in the mirror. Really quite amazing how that happens. So the lack of self-awareness is just amazing. So, you know what? Joe Biden, you're Putin. Obama, you're Putin. 
everybody on CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, you're Putin. Do you not understand that? Do you not grasp that in any way, shape, or form? Oh, man, just utterly and totally sickening. All right, you know what? Let's go ahead and move on here. Let's go to clip number two. Top covering Andrew Cuomo's COVID-era corruption, deadly decision-making, grift, and cover-up. We've been covering that from the beginning. And I think we've had pretty clear read on one big reason the media gave him a pass with fawning coverage, softball interviews, and, of course, Emmy Awards. He was a useful foil to Trump. MSNBC explicitly framed their coverage around the idea of two presidents, a terrible evil one in D.C., and a glowing savior in New York. Got one half of the equation correct, but we're so invested in Cuomo, the glorious resistance hero, that they happily overlooked all of the emerging evidence and a long track record of being, well, extraordinarily Trumpian and his bullying and his abuse of power, his lies and his manipulation. You see, you see right there, complete lack of self-awareness by that idiot. Oh, my God. So here it is when they're finally recognizing that a Democrat is bad that a Democrat was a horrible person, they still need to try and project that onto their political opponents. In this case, Trump, they're trying to say Cuomo is just like Trump. He is the Democrat's Trump. Cuomo is nothing like Trump. He doesn't deserve such a compliment. I mean, let's take a look at this. Now, they're going off and talking about the sexual harassment allegations against uh, Governor Cuomo as a way to excuse the fact that Governor Cuomo And this kind of ties back to the beginning uh, and the opening of the show. His actions resulted in the deaths of thousands of New Yorkers by shoving COVID patients into nursing homes to where the most vulnerable people were and got him killed. And they were propping him up. They were saying, look at this great guy. He is a leader. The Democrats have ignored the science on COVID. They completely ignored it. Their actions were reckless. Their actions got more people killed. And they were lifting themselves up, praising them, patting everybody on the back, trying to claim such a good job, while then trying to attack President Trump, whose actions and policies were actually saving lives. But then they want to go off and try to claim that Cuomo is just like Trump. You know, the half equation. No, this is them again trying to project because even when they do are are forced to recognize that one of their own is really, really bad, they can't do it without trying to project that person onto their political opponents. But of course they do. I mean, how else do you expect them to try and be able to say, hey, you know what? You know, yes, this person was bad, but this person over here is equally bad. So, you know, it's a wash. You know, it's both sides. It's them trying to muddy the waters, trying to claim both sides, you know, so that we, the voters, go, yeah, well, if it's both sides, what are we going to do? No, there is no comparison between Cuomo and Trump. Cuomo has spent his life in public service because his father spent his life in public service he is a swamp rat he is one of those people who only got to their position because of their family right 
because their family, just like his brother, only gets to be on CNN, that idiot, because of his connections with his family, who happens to serve in public office. Trump built up a successful business outside of government, became filthy rich before he ever went into public office. He didn't somehow go into public office, you know, broke, not much money to his name, and then get rich in public office. Yeah, we should be investigating that. But no, see, they just cannot be honest in any way, shape, or form. They can't just say, yes, this person's bad. Yes, this person's a Democrat. You know, um, you know, his behavior was inexcusable, and we're just cleaning the house. No, they have to try and find some way to make their political opponents look just as bad, even when they have no case, even when they have nothing to back up their statements. And you notice they never back up their statements. They never back up their claims against Trump. They never back up their claims against any Republican. Now, is that to say all Republicans are good? No. But when we do find a rat in the Republican Party, when we do find someone who did something wrong, we cast them out. We do clean the house. And we don't go off and try to blame our political opponents for what one of our own did or someone who's in office claiming the name of a Republican. No, we don't have to go off and blame because we will take accountability and we will clean house. But the Democrats, they can't take accountability for anything. Nothing is ever their fault. And if they're ever forced to admit somebody's bad, they can't just clean the house, take responsibility for it. No. They do this all the time. They do this all the time, or they have to try and baselessly demonize their political opponents because they can't stand that, you know, people would actually vote for Republicans because they're elitists. These people on Hill TV, you know, Crystal and what's his name, uh, Sagar Sugar, whatever. I, I, I can't pronounce his name. I don't know how it's really pronounced. They're elitists. And it's amazing how many of the elites go off and try and act like they're not part of the elite crowd. They're the ones who are on TV. You know, they're the ones who are part of these big enterprises, big businesses, big outfits owned by billionaires and who get paid hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars a year for their position. But yet they're not the elitists. And yet they support all the elitists. And they support all of the policies for a rigged elitist system. They're con artists. And the sooner people catch on to how the Democrats are just basically one big lie, once people figure that out, we'll be able to save the country, restore democracy, and restore the Constitution. I mean, can you think of anything honest about the Democrats? They they rewrite history so that they can lie about it. They try to blame the Republicans for the history of the Democrats. Joe Biden himself is just one big lie. Lie after lie after lie. Lie built on lies, built on lies, built on lies. 
They're complete and total frauds. And of course, the millionaires and billionaires that control all the information we get from the cable news networks to social media are all there trying to promote the lie and censor the truth because they like the rigged system. They like being able to screw you over so that they can look down upon you from their ivory towers and go, look at all the little people that I'm better than. Utterly and totally disgusting they are. All right, final clip. Is reporting on Portland now. He says Antifa returned to occupy the front of the federal courthouse. They tried burning down again this week. They blocked the streets to create a no-go zone for the public and police. Are you surprised? No, uh, we've known that this was going to happen for a very long time. They took a brief intermission, but we are officially into the second act of the Antifa violence that we're going to see for the next several months, if not the entirety of the year, unless we start taking this seriously. Now, they say that they're doing this over the weekend for Breonna Taylor. Before that, it was for indigenous people. In the coming weeks, it's going to be for George Floyd. But to be clear, they're not really interested in that. These are radicals who have an ideological agenda and they're using those issues for cover so they can engage in this kind of domestic terrorism when you're turning to violence and you've got an ideology in mind that's exactly what this is do you remember i don't know 2020 when antifa and the left were engaged in domestic terrorism and they tried to go off and tell you it's trump Trump is inciting violence. Oh, all of this violence is because of Trump. And that if we just got rid of Trump, then we would be able to stop the violence and bring back unity to the country. The violence hasn't stopped. We all knew the violence wouldn't stop. We all knew that Antifa wouldn't stop its violence. The only difference now is that Antifa is no longer politically useful to the Democrat Party because Violence and chaos in Democrat cities was perfectly fine, so long as they could blame Trump. But now it's a political liability. And so they're going to do to Antifa exactly what the Democrats did to the KKK. Now that they're politically toxic, now they're going to try and claim that they're no longer part of the Democrat Party. Yeah. You know, they're more than willing to accept of these horrible, evil groups when they're useful politically against their opponents and can try and blame it on their opponents. But we knew the violence wouldn't stop. Why would it? Hmm? They got what they wanted. They were able to use violence and terrorism as a means to get what they wanted politically in government. Joe Biden into the White House. Why do you think that after they were rewarded for their violence that they would stop? I mean, this is one of those things that the left doesn't get. The more you reward behavior, bad behavior, the more you're going to get bad behavior. It's only punishing bad behavior by, say, I don't know, enforcing the law that you can crush this out. You could end Antifa in a heartbeat, send in the police, arrest them, and try him for domestic terrorism. That would end Antifa right away. You know, all of a sudden, Antifa would just, you know, would just run and hide. You would see no more violence. 
But it's only because they're allowed to get away with this and that they are rewarded for this type of behavior. Yeah, I'm pointing over here at the screen on the computer as if you can see it. But in any event, it's because they're rewarded for this behavior that they're going to continue to engage in it. It's not that hard. Not that hard to figure out. But now you can't blame it on Trump. And another thing here. How is it that they're able to set up no-go zones? How is it that Antifa is able to go through, set up a barricade, and then say, no, 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 you can't come here? You know, they don't own those streets. They don't own those areas. Or, hey, not even the police can come in here. What authority do they have? And why do you listen to them? I mean, why aren't the police just saying, yeah, screw you. You have no authority. You're going to tear down this barricade and you're going to stop blocking the street or you're going to jail. That's all that needs to happen right there. Where do they, how do they get off saying that they can create no go zones for the police? You, you, You see how insane this is. Were any of them arrested? Um, I don't think so. So, why are you continuing to reward this behavior? Yes, this behavior got you what you wanted. You know, uh, among other means. But, it got you what you wanted. So, why are you continuing to allow this behavior? And you know what? I, I, I should have wrote down the name here, but you know it's exactly right what we saw in that clip. They're just making up excuses as a shield, you know, uh, saying that it was for indigenous people, and then saying it's for Breonna Taylor, and then it's going to be George Floyd. They they don't care about any of these issues. That's not behind. These are just convenient shields in order to justify bad behavior. That way, if you stop the terrorism, oh, you're evil. You know, that somehow this violence and terrorism is considered protesting. It's not. It's not covered by anything under the First Amendment. It's not sanctioned or protected by any laws that I'm aware of. So why is it that they're allowed to engage in it? You know, and of course, they want to go off and say that if you do not support this, if you try to interfere with the violence, you're a racist because their justification for the violence is they're doing it in the names of all these other people, all these minority groups. You know, they they always tried to shield themselves, the Democrats, and some veil of righteousness, some veil of moral superiority to try and justify horrible behavior, you know, to try and justify acting like Putin, to try and justify bringing us down the road to becoming the next Nazi Germany. That's where the Democrats are leading us. And they have their altruistic reasons. Well, guess what? I'm sure Putin can come up with an altruistic reason for the, his actions in Russia. I'm sure Adolf Hitler could tell you some altruistic reason for why he had to engage in the Holocaust. I'm sure every murderous dictator could 
justify their evil actions, their violence, their murders. They always have a justification. They always have an excuse. It's up to us to be able to say, hey, you know what? That's not going to cut it. That excuse does not fly here. We're not buying that bull crap. And until you actually enforce the law and force them to suffer the consequences of their actions, they're going to keep doing it. And if you reward it, they're going to keep doing it more. (sighs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, so that's it uh, for this episode. I hope you enjoyed. Hey, please follow me wherever it is you happen to catch this, whether you're listening to the audio version uh, and of the podcast, available everywhere podcasts are available. Uh, you can follow me on YouTube, but I would prefer you to follow me over on Rumble. Uh, if you're on YouTube, the links to my Rumble channel should be in the description below. And I think I'll try to remember uh, to put in the RSS feed for the audio version of the show so that you never miss an episode. And the great thing about the audio podcast is they can't censor me there. YouTube won't be able to censor me on my podcast. They can't stop the distribution. They can't stop you from subscribing to the RSS feed. So if you don't want to miss a single episode, you don't want... No, the show to be censored out of your feed. Subscribe to the audio version. All right. Thank you so much for watching. And I will be back again soon.